Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Nobody's happy. The Washington fans are mad because they have to go to the Sugar Bowl. Florida State fans are mad. College football fans are mad because they're star player, their favorite players getting in the portal today. 500 scholarship players jumping in the transfer portal. Uh, you know who's not mad? Trent Bray's not mad. He is the new coach at Oregon State, defensive coordinator, turned head coach, number 44 in your program, joining us now. Trent Bray, hey, congratulations. I appreciate that. What that feel like to you? Uh, it's a great honor, I mean, to be, you know, entrusted with, with leading this program. And, and these great, great young men, I'm, I'm excited and, and ready to get to work. Give me an idea of growing up, dad's practices. What do you pick up from osmosis being around dad and the teams he was coaching? Yeah, I, th- I think just from a young age, just absorbing all the, just un- you know, unconsciously absorbing all that teaching and how how you deliver information to people, how you motivate. You know how you go about your work, your work ethic, all all those things for a long time as I was growing up, um, just taking it all in and really influenced the way I I work. Now this is going to sound mean, and I don't mean it mean. Okay, I'm going to say that up front. Yeah. All right, but I had a uh, somebody who was in your high school, who had a mm-hmm. his brother played basketball with you, who told me Trent Bray is such a great story. He wasn't a great athlete. He he self-made. He worked hard. He was smart as a player. It made him better. Is there truth in that? Because you had, I mean, to play D1 football, you've got to be an athlete. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of truth to that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was athletic, but in relation to everyone else around me, I was probably in the middle to below. Um, so I had to make up for that step slow or two steps slow that I was, and that's where the film study and being able to see things fast and move fast was so important to me. Does that impact you as a coach? Do you look for guys who are like that? You're looking for the cerebral part, absolutely. That's part of the evaluation. Um, but then getting into coaching, that, that's what I love to do is take the guys with those great physical attributes and give them the part of the game that made me great, um, the, the cerebral part, and really help them get to the next level and improve their game. Give us an idea of, you know, this this first week on the job. You know, it's got to feel like it's swirling around you. There's probably a million things you have to do. How do you prioritize, you know, uh, connecting with people, building your staff, starting to look at the portal and recruiting and what you need? How do you, how do you put that all in order? Yeah, it was it was really number one players because that's what matters most. Um, getting around them, um, starting to sell or you know deliver hey how, this is how what the picture is going to look like here's how we're moving and then as you build the staff that's the next focus okay now put these guys you know around well, okay who's out there doing what that I like not only like offense from an offensive standpoint who creates problems for me is what I looked at what mm-hmm. teams what styles and then okay identify that and then who's the guy I want to lead that thing and then then going out and getting him you're, I'm looking at the staff that you're bringing in. There's definitely some ties to Oregon State. Guys like Ryan Gunderson as your offensive coordinator. Kyle Devan, he's on the offensive line, making me feel old now. These are guys I covered. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, why was that important to you, to get guys who understood Oregon State? 
uh, I think it's important for a lot of reasons. Um, they, they know how great this place is, but they also know the challenges and the holes people are going to try to poke in us when they're recruiting against us. Um, and then loyalty and trust is huge to me. Um, and if I can surround myself with good people, great coaches, and people that are, have a sense of loyalty and, and, and you can trust, that, that's the most valuable thing to me. That recruiting piece, you talk about players. Let's start with the defensive side. You know, I have to think that retaining you speaks love language of the defensive players. Do you feel, you know, solid given the portal and the allure of the portal? That you, do you feel like you can hold the defense together? I, I feel like I feel like we can. I mean, it's it's it, you're, you might you know we're going to lose one or two maybe. Uh, we hope we don't. Um, but they're getting called from they're getting calls from schools you know all all day long. Uh, that's just the way college football is. There are no rules. People are calling players illegally, but you, you, it's happening. My job is to to sell this place and sell what we're going to do. Hopefully, they feel right through our time together and their trust in me that that they still feel that this is a valuable place to them that can get them to where they want to go. That's the big thing. That lack of oversight concerns me. You know, if you and you, mm-hmm. and it's out in the open. Every, not just you, but other coaches are talking about it. Yeah. How how bad is that? Oh, it's 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 a big problem, big problem, and it, it, it's like you said, they, everyone knows about. It. It's not even a secret, and nothing nothing's being done. Nothing, it's not even being talked about by, you know, the the, the powers that be. So it's it's a concern. It's it's definitely uh, not a fun or a good thing. No, it's not good for the game. It's not good. I don't think mm-hmm. it's good for the players themselves. I mean, there's supposed to be a process to this, and the players are supposed to be allowed to go, okay, I'll go into the portal. Maybe this isn't a good place for me. Let's see what's out there. But all this is happening in front of the portal. Yeah, there's no question. It, it, most kids that go in the portal have already talked to schools and know they have something. And the other part is a lot of them are being lied to about the number you know, of the dollars that they're going to get. And so it's, it's just a, it's a problem. It's a bad thing. Trent Bray is our guest. He is the head coach at Oregon State. Uh, when will you get focused on the defensive side of the ball and your hires there? Was there an order of operations here where you're trying to go offensive guys first, or did it just unfold that way? The, the importance first was offense coordinator, offensive line. Um, I knew I was retaining fence, so three right there, bang, because that's, that's not the side of the ball that I touched every day. You know, and, and they, that's where the most uncertainty would have been, right? Who's, who's who and what are we going to do on offense? They know on defense we're going to stay in the same ballpark. Um, so that was the importance. And then getting the defensive coaches, which I have, um, they just haven't been announced. But getting a great staff together that way was the next step, yep. You feel like you got your defensive guys and you got a coordinator? Yep. Mm-hmm. How involved will you be on the defensive side, or you know how how will that be for you to try to be uh, you know more of a CEO role? Yeah, it, I mean it'll it'll be an adjustment, but the guy that I you know went after was a guy that we've clinicked together a ton. We speak the same language, we have the same vision. Um, so and then then again, that's where that trust comes in. Trust in what he's going to do. We've already talked about how we want to stay in this same world so these guys have consistency and we can keep building on the defensive success we've had for the last couple of years. It's interesting to me to kind of you know, watch this. And, you know, this is a different world than the world that your dad was in where he knew he had guys coming back the next year and you will soon be out recruiting. What will you sell at Oregon State? What are you selling to kids? Yeah, it's, it's opportunity. There's a great opportunity here. Even in the even in the kind of uncertain space that we're in, uh, the opportunity to 
you know, to, to win a lot of games, to be on a big stage. Um, and then this is also also is a place of development. And no one, right, especially on the West Coast, has developed players like Oregon State. Guys that come in, great coaching. You're going you're gonna to leave here a better player in person than when you walk in the door. And for the guys that value that part of it, you know, we'll continue to get guys like that, which is guys we want. Have you had a chance to exhale? Have you had a chance to, you know, the news conference happened and then it's just kind of been a swirl. You know, do you have a chance to kind of regroup and think about what you're going to do? You must have to do that amid all of this. Yeah, you do. You got to, you know, you got to pick your moments in the day where you, you put your phone down and don't answer it when it's still buzzing, you know, all the time. And then and, and just sit back and reflect on things. Um that that's the big thing is not making emotional rush decisions okay i like this okay sit on it think about it make sure it's still what you want to do after you after you let the emotional part go i wrote about this the day that you were introduced but you know i i send photographers to the game because i'm writing on my own now and so i'll have to uh you know send a photographer to the arizona game or whatnot and these are often people who don't know oregon state and i asked them to shoot the head coach take pictures of the head coach and a few games, including the Arizona game, the photographer thought you were the head coach. It was just the way that you were carrying yourself on the sideline, the pacing back and forth, the steps that you're getting in, how you know how uh, how locked in you look. And I took that as a positive because that is a body language thing, and that is a positive thing. And and you know you must have, on some level, as you see this opportunity unfolding, felt like you were ready for this. What told you that you were ready? Uh, you know, it was it was really just trusting and believing in myself. Uh, once the opportunity kind of presented itself, you know, you looked at, okay, I, I love this place. I love the kids in the locker room that I'm coaching and, you know, on offense and defense. Um, this is where I want to be. Now, okay, you know, this is going to be new, so there's there's a little bit of, you know, nerves about that. But trusting and believing in myself, you know, as a leader, as a coach, you know, and as as a mentor that I can get this done. You've got a big challenge in front of you. I think you know a lot of people are interested to see what you do with it. Um, transfer portal, Aiden Childs jumps in today. Uh, you know, is, Are you at a place with the game that you kind of just tip your cap, wish the kid well, or what do you say as a kid? Do they even reach out to you before they announce they're going into the portal? Oh, yeah. Uh, Aiden came in and talked to me and to our new, to our new offensive coordinator and told us. And uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't blame the kids at all. I mean, he, he's a freshman that was recruited by a guy that, that took off at, right after his freshman year. Uh, that's got to be hard on him. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm not mad at him. I wish him the best, and, and we'll move on and, 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 you know, go out and be aggressive in the, in the portal. And we got good quarterbacks here, so we're going to be just fine. But, yeah, I wish him good luck and, you know, no hard feelings at all. Trent Bray with us. All right. Um, I think uh, a lot of people are wondering – kind of what you are, you know, you're, as you're recruiting, will you be able to talk to the kids about the schedule you'll play? I know that some of that has been formalized. You probably know a lot more than we do. How much can you share with potential recruits? I share a little bit of, of knowledge that I know um, about, you know, at least the, the not necessarily the exact this team, that team, but, the, but the, what that schedule is going to look like. You know how many of these kind of teams, these kind of teams. So you you can you can paint a picture of of what that's going to look like for sure. Yeah, and you know I I, I kind of like that stuff matters to me. It matters to my friends, but I'm not sure. Does it matter to players? Like, what kinds of things do they ask you about? 
at, at this time, like, you know, this thing happened so fast to them. It was on them right away. And then so everything is kind of just, just like everybody else, kind of just in their face right now. And then they got all these people in their ear, you know, telling them this, telling them that. So it, it's really just, you know, getting them to relax. Like, don't, you don't have to do anything fast. You know, just look and see what this thing's going to look like, see where we're going to be, you know, and then, and then you're going to have to make a decision. And I feel confident that when they do that, um, that they will see great value in this place, in who we're playing, their opportunity here to compete at a high level and do what they want to do, which is have an opportunity to play at the next level. Yeah, and I look even to next season, Trent, and I see, you know, an opportunity is, you know, you, you know, you look at the schools that are highly ranked. You look at a school like Liberty, for example. They didn't play anybody. They're playing in a festival. I mean, there's a path yep. to the playoff. There's a path to the expanded playoff uh, for Oregon State and Washington State next season. I hope you find it. Uh, we'll get you back on. Good luck with what you're doing now. Just wanted to touch base with you, but congratulations. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. There he is, Trent Bray. Uh, I love what he had to say about Aiden Childs. If you're blaming Aiden Childs, you're missing the point of uh, what's going on in college football. And um, I want to I want to get one more of your phone calls. What do you make of the hire at Oregon State, Trent Bray taking the job? I think it was a position that Oregon State had to, absolutely had to move into. I think Scott Barnes, the athletic director, in some ways was boxed into that position. Because he's losing his offensive coordinator and his head coach, an offensive-minded guy. And if you're playing in today's world, you're going to hope that you better have a defensive coordinator who would be a candidate in that conversation. And if he is, gosh, that, that's a lot that lines up in the corner for, for Trent Bray. But you tell me, what do you make of it? What do you make of the position they're in? And what do you make of what you saw over the weekend, the last 72 hours? Uh, the college football playoff rankings, Florida State getting left out, Liberty playing Oregon. Liberty? The homeschooled kids from Liberty are playing Oregon? How did this happen? All of that, I want your phone calls. 503-417-7575. We got Punch It Audio coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Anna will be with us as well. I've got a peeve. I, maybe I'm a bad human being. We'll find out. In the four o'clock hour, Stephen, uh, I got to ask you. I haven't gone to you yet. You tell me, uh, as it pertains to Florida State, as it pertains to what we saw from Friday to Sunday, Oregon basically a no-show in the first quarter, scrambles back, you know, makes it a game in the Pac-12 championship game, but loses. Uh, you got Florida State after after uh, Alabama upsets Georgia. Florida State ends up uh, losing two. Undefeated team not in the playoff. Georgia's out. They've been the number one team for all season long. Like, what do you make of what we just saw? Yeah, it's it's tough for me because on one hand, I want to see the quote-unquote best four teams in the nation play in the college football playoff. But there has to be some point where we say on the field actually matters. And Florida State, they went out. They beat LSU, who's going to have the Heisman Trophy winner. They beat Florida in the last week of the season. Guess what? Alabama struggled with Auburn in the final final week of the season. But we all forget that because then they go and beat Georgia. And if we're taking the best four teams, Georgia's definitely in the top four teams. If you played the game today, Oregon and Washington, you know who's favored in that game? Oregon is going to be favored. So you could technically say Oregon is a better team. Like It's one of those things where on the field matters at some point, 
but the committee just picks and chooses when they want to do it. And they wanted to put Alabama in. They wanted to put an SEC team, and they did that. So, you know what? I'm okay with it. Like, I don't agree with it. I think Florida State should have got in over Alabama. Alabama has that one loss by double digits at home. Florida State didn't lose. They look fine. They're, they're really good defense. They deserve to get in the playoff. But So, I don't know. I it, It'll be nice going to the 12 team, but at the same time, most of these games last week wouldn't have mattered then if we have a 12-team playoff. Oregon-Washington, losers still in. Georgia-Alabama, losers still in. Like, it, it's, I don't know. It. I just don't like the whole college football system, but I love college football as a sport. But I, I just, I don't like the hypocrisy that they show every single time in the college football playoff. And it just, it kind of came to a head with the very final one, which is kind of funny in that situation. What happens now to the conference championship games? with a 12-team expanded playoff. Like, you know, you you still, they're going to want to play them because television paid for those conference championship games when it cut the media rights deals with the respective conferences. They're not going to go away. But I'm looking at him and I'm going, at what point, you know, is that just a seeding game at that point? Or is it an opportunity for the second-place team to play their way into an at-large Situation like what's happening to the conference championship games? Yeah, I mean, I I I think you're right on that. Like some games, it's going to matter, right? I, I think if you look at the ACC title game, Florida State Louisville, and we're going to 12 team playoff. Louisville wins, they're in the playoff. If they lose, they're probably out of the playoff. Uh, same with the Big Ten, Michigan, Iowa. Iowa wins, they're in. If they lose, they're out. But I think a lot of times it's going to be where there's two teams in these conferences, and they're going to be in the playoff regardless. And now that we're losing the Pac-12, and it's only going to be the Power Four conferences very likely that the top two teams that are playing in these games are going to make the playoffs whether they win or lose. So I think it loses a little bit of a luster, which is a little bit it, it's sad for me. Like, I, I love the fact that this is why college football is so great. Every game matters. Now that we're going to go to a 12-team, it's not going to matter as much. I think the NFL has it right in that, you know, you have your division winners as, you know, they get an automatic birth into the playoffs and then they do wild cards after that the problem with college football is you don't have like you know we can say there are true four you know there's four power fours and then there's this muddled mess of group of fives that frankly are not all that similar to each other well, and like, i also think, you know and i also think that this year was very uh in ordinary that there were so many good teams even you know even the committee said there's eight really good teams usually there's not eight teams that can win a national championship it's like three maybe even two so i think this year was a very different year where yeah it would have been nice to have a 12 teamer this year because there was a lot of good teams there wasn't really that one elite team but i think you know for the most part it's usually it's like hey is georgia the best team in the league? nfl's the same way isn't it isn't there a lot of years where those you know, those wild card games give you some good games, and then there's some other years where we're like, hey, we know it's the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC Championship. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I just, yeah, I mean, it seems like more in the NFL it's a little more diverse, but maybe it's not if you go back and you look at the results of the actual game. So I'm with you on that. Um, but I don't know. But, but the, the thing the NFL does is they, they let it happen on the field. That's where it should be decided. And but I, think the, I think the committee made a mistake in – sort of admitting that they didn't think Florida State could compete for a championship with its current quarterback. Like, shouldn't they have just said, we think these are the four best teams and not said a peep after that? Some of the committee members are speaking out now saying, you know, they, they're actually kind of projecting in their minds what they think might happen. Yeah, that's the thing is they're digging themselves a bigger hole. They, they just have to say, say a statement and then leave it be and not comment about it anymore. And I think it would be a lot better than what they're doing at this point. It's... Because Florida State has won on the field. Like, there's no way you can look at what Florida State has done and said, 
they don't deserve to compete for a national championship. It's not like Florida State is isn't a big program. Like that is an elite program, a prestigious program. You know, you know what was it a year to, a year ago when Cincinnati makes the college football playoff? Yeah, it's understandable. There's a debate: should they be in the college football playoff? But this is Florida State. Like they've won national championships. This is one of the biggest programs in the nation. And the College Football Playoff Committee says, no, we can't get you in because we need an SEC team in Alabama. And I understand Alabama's a great team, but I don't know. It just it, it's it's kind of wacky the way that they have it. And uh, so the 12 team will be nice for me as a you know as a gambler that wants to gamble on really good games. But uh, you know me just thinking about it subjectively, I kind of like the. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but. If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.